wide. Lord Belvedere coming to. It's El Faris three quarters. Lord Belvedere then Chapada Sasco. El Faris at the 150 grabbed by Lord Belvedere. El Faris and Lord Belvedere stride for stride. El Faris won't give in. El Faris just from Lord Belvedere who has another go. Oh, it's close. Very close indeed, Lord Belvedere or El Faris. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Trainers Hearts. I'm Todd Blum, your host here in the Sports Lord Studios. Thank you for joining me on this week's edition of this racing podcast. And uh, it's been really, really good to see the support that we've continued to get for the show since starting at 10 weeks ago. Time has absolutely flown. Another big episode this week. We're talking to Tess Drennan, the general manager of Highclere Racing Australia, the leading European-based syndicator. And it's uh, really exciting to speak to Tess at this point in time because as an operation, they are flying. Lord Belvedere has won his last two starts at uh, Flemington here in Melbourne. Bartholomew Dias is a last start winner at Sandown. And they've got the very exciting Global Gift, who is doing his thing here. All three of them with Ma and Eustace. And there's a couple other horses that I'm sure we'll uncover once we have a bit of a chat with Tess. And, of course, the Highclere Racing, the famous silks of the light blue with the dark blue armbands. And Distinction was a horse that first came to Australia, I think around 2003, 2004, for the Melbourne Cup. And the Honourable Harry Herbert who is the chairman of Highclere Racing. He come down, had a taste of it, and like so many of our of our Northern Hemisphere friends, once they get a taste, they just keep coming back for more. Before I get to Tess, though, just a shout-out to Andrew Buddock of Goree Park Stud. They've been in the news again this week with uh, Aquas Farm taking up residency at Goree Park. We had uh, Andrew Buddock on the show a couple of weeks ago. And it was a very good chat. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you go back and have a listen to that one. And while you're at it, you might as well listen to the rest of them as well. But uh, we had a bit of a chat about the wine on Goulry Park and the vines that uh, they produce on the property. And he was very nice to send me down a couple of bottles of wine. And I've tasted a few of them. And they have not disappointed. They've been absolutely magnificent. So I suggest you jump on the Goulry Park website and... Uh, the salad door option there, and grab yourself a couple bottles of whatever you fancy because so far they haven't missed. So, thank you very much to Andrew Baddock. For now, though, let's head to Tess Drennan, the general manager of Highclere Racing, who's been good enough to join me on the show. Tess, welcome to the Trainer's Heart. Thanks for being a part of it. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to have a chat anytime. There's a couple of horses in particular I'd like to have a chat with you today. But before we get to them, just tell us a bit about Highclere Racing because it's an operation steeped in a, in a lot of history over in Europe. It, it is. Uh, Harry, the, the Honourable Harry Herbert um, has been uh, operating Highclere for more than 25 years over in the UK very successfully and they are the most uh, successful ownership company uh, in Europe, and uh, yeah, once he fell in love with the Melbourne Cup, that's what he wanted to do, come out here and uh, and get started out here. So um, he popped out in uh, 2003 and uh, went to the Carbine Club lunch and then the year l- and loved it and then went a year later brought back um, Distinction, who finished uh, sixth in the Melbourne Cup. So uh, since then, he's been addicted to Australian racing. <laughs> So it's good. And you're the general manager of Highclere Australia. Just tell us a little bit about your role within Highclere. 
Um, it's mainly racing manager, but it's also looking after the running of the business. Um, I work with uh, Niall Power, who's the director, and, um, yeah, just looking after everything, really, the owners. Uh, and we, we have a, a, a special um, operation in the fact that we do a lot of uh, hospitality functions with our owners and, um, and, and make sure that that, Highclere is a is a place for everyone to meet and uh, and grow and and make friends and uh, and have a lot of fun. It's, oh, it's having fun's a priority about it. I'm sure the owners of Lord Belvedere are having a lot of fun at the moment. He's a really exciting horse winning his last two races, but he showed a bit last year in July when he won impressively and then unfortunately had to have a bit of surgery and he's obviously back at the races and and winning yeah. as well. Yes, and that, that's what makes these wins, these recent wins uh, by him all the more impressive. The fact that he has got through um, quite an extensive operation uh, for colic and he had a, a very long break but um, and, and a lifelong slow prep under the um, expert guidance of uh, Kieran Maher and David Eustace. Uh, they're very good with the European horses and... Um, yeah, and so that that makes uh, these victories even more sweeter. Just knowing what uh, that you know the poor horse has been through. So um, we're we're delighted that he's back on track, and uh, we'll see where it goes. How far do you reckon he will be able to go in the in the spring months, a little later in the year? Um, we're not, we're, we've been uh, cautious in our thought process, and uh, we mainly he'll be racing again. Uh, next Saturday on the 18th of July at Flewington and step up to 2600 and and then they might they'll give him a bit of a let up and a you know a short break and um, and come back for a spring campaign but it just it just depends on the horse and uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly try and um, aim him you know for maybe those Melbourne Cup race uh, races that uh, will give him um, the leading to the Melbourne Cup, but uh, if he's if he's not up for that, there's plenty of other good um, staying races around that he could he could go into. So we'll we'll just be guided by the horse and uh, and try not to get too excited and uh, push him before he's ready. If it's not this year, then uh, it could be next year if he um, if we go for a big Melbourne Cup tilt. And, and- but he can stay all day. So. We're, we're happy with that. Yeah, I, I think a, a race like the Bark Cummings at Flemington there over the 2,500 might suit him into the ground. Absolutely. Uh, there will be a bit of competition, I would imagine, uh, with a lot of other horses trying to get that ride into the Melbourne Cup that way as well. So we're very aware of that. But um, he certainly, uh, if he comes back from his setup, and he's, we'll certainly uh, give it a go, I'm sure. So, um, yeah. It should be good. We'll, we'll just wait and see. But we have high high hopes eventually for him. And Bartholomew Dias, he's another oh. horse who is doing a lot right at the moment. He won a couple of weeks ago now in his second start in Australia at Sandown, and that was over the 1800. Is he another horse who will stretch out a bit over further as he, as he did in Europe? Absolutely. Uh, um, and he's... Uh, he may be that may may be his next year plan for for spring, but um, he's going so well, and they'll just take it race by race with him. He's uh, a beautiful, stylish horse. He's just gorgeous, and um, 
and he was another he was another horse selected from the Tattersall sales um, in in partnership well in partnership with Kieran Ma but also um, uh, Alistair Donald bloodstock agent in the UK works with Harry a lot and uh, Blandford bloodstock so they brought us Libran Lord Belvedere and they've brought us uh, Bartholomew Diaz so. We've had a good run with that combination of uh, buying combinations. So um, I think he'll do really well, Bartholomew Dees. Really beautiful horse. And another of these imports that's just caught my eye, Tess, is Global Gift. He, he ran uh, yesterday at Sandown, and he certainly looks like a horse that's, that's got plenty of upside and he'll be able to go on with it in the very near future. He, he certainly does. He's a ready-made... Uh, um, I'd say sprint a miler at this stage and then he'll be a miler middle distance horse as he gets up there in distance but uh, by invincible spirit he's um, he's certainly ready to go so he's that instant horse that uh, and, and he was brought in, in partnership with um, Kieran Maher I think Will Bourne was um, pretty keen on this horse uh, at the Tattersall sales so um, we were keen to get into him as well and, and, yes, he's second start already and he's showing he's, he's the real deal. So we're pretty excited about him and uh, there's so many good races around for those distances. And we have a few shares left in him. So if anyone's interested in uh, a very um, speedy and uh, miler with a fair bit of stamina about him, uh, certainly get in contact with me. But, um, yeah, very, very nice horse. So we're pretty happy with him. Before we get to a few of the local products, Tess, the team at Highclere, you've mentioned that uh, a couple of partnerships there to bring these horses out. The, the team must have or be pretty confident that they're selecting the right sort of horses. The couple we've mentioned, you mentioned Libran before. We've seen mm-hmm. Opinion a little earlier in the famous Highclere colours as well. So mm-hmm. they're really getting a feel of, of the right horse to bring to Australia. That's right. And and Harry's been doing this, obviously, from the time he was uh, probably born, so um, involved in horses. So uh, he has a really, really good eye for a horse. And uh, and now that he's well entrenched in Australia and uh, and the Melbourne Cup, he certainly knows what to look for. And, and, and they, they basically look for a horse that's on the way up. Um, that they can see improvement in, and and they can and they know that once they get out here, they usually find that extra distance in them as well, even if they're not covering all of those distances in the UK. So uh, no, they um, it's it's been good. We just have to uh, get one across the line first. Um, basically, that's what we would like to do, and that's what we're going to keep doing and uh, until we uh, stop breathing. I would imagine. So yeah. <laughs> Melbourne Cup's the aim. Always, but uh, no, we have some good locals that we buy yearlings at the Magic Millions and Easter sales. So um, we've got some very good two-year-olds and three-year-olds that are uh, running around, and, uh, and and a nice uh, Cable Bay filly that we brought at the start of the year as well. So um, yeah, we've got a decent team, ten horses altogether, and uh, so it's and now that uh, we've got five runners at the moment, so it's uh, it's a little bit busy at the moment. And, we had um, a good week last week with um, uh, three runners for three winners, and that's probably a first. So that was really, really uh, exciting for owners. And we had some owners that were in all three of those, so uh, that's never happened before in their life either. So it was good. No, that's that's excellent, especially being a syndication company. It, it, it's, mm. it is all about the owners and giving them the best it possible is. day at the racetrack. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to, well, we stayed it because of the corona and we can't really get to all different places in Melbourne. I uh, had a whole bunch of them at um, Randwick and we watched Edison win, come across the line and then went inside and, and watched Lord Belvedere just sneak in for a win. And, uh, yeah, it was just a brilliant day and uh, you couldn't ask for more than that, actually. So it was fantastic. You mentioned that High Clare have been active at the yearling sales, the Magic Millions and mm-hmm. E-Star. What are a couple of the names of a couple of younger horses coming through through the ranks here in um, uh, Melbourne well, or Sydney? With our, one of our two-year-old, uh, he he was a colt. He's just been uh, he's just a gelding now, patented. He's a zoo star and um, showed a lot of uh, promise when he first uh, in his first preparation. Unfortunately, after his first race, he was shin sore, so that sort of put him out of those two-year-old races. But then once he come back, he 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 got a really good win by three and a half lengths. So. Um, He's just in the paddock uh, getting over his gelding and we'll, we'll give him a bit of a rest and uh, we, there's a lot of promise and a lot of upside to him. He's a um, very impressive horse. So that's – and he's with Anthony Friedman and we also brought another filly at the Magic Millions at the start of this year or brought into with Anthony Friedman. That's a Cable Bay filly. So um, as you know, High Clare – stud in the UK, Stan Cable Bay, as well as Woodside Park over here. So we were pretty keen to look at the Cable Bays and really happy that we got one. She's uh, pretty forward and um, and all good reports from Anthony Friedman's stable about her as well. So it's always uh, good to have those young ones coming through. Um, some of the other two-year-olds, we've got a, a lovely blue blood filly with um, Lindsay Park and uh, Vita Rose, and she hasn't raced yet, but she's uh, her damn sacred eye was very successful for the stable, and she was a, a three-year-old, so um, we're keen to see her do the same as her mother. That would be great. A um, couple of the – and obviously Edison's a three-year-old. Um, he's soon to be four, so um, he's, he's, a, he's a great horse, and we'll probably hope to take him up to – Magic. We took him up to Magic Millions at the start of the year for one of the three or four-year-old race there. But um, we think now that he's gelded, we'll take him back and he should give it um, even more of a better showing up there. So, yeah, that's just to name a few. But, um, yeah, it's always good to have the young ones coming through and uh, we love to have our stayers um, all in preparation over winter for spring. So... At the moment, everything's going according to plan. <laughs> We've, um, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That, that would be good. You mentioned Cable Bay there. How how are the, the Southern Hemisphere stock comparing to those in the Northern Hemisphere? Are they pretty similar types or with the sort of different broodmare bands? Are there some notable differences? Um, I haven't heard uh, that conversation too much to notice any differences. All I know is that the... Uh, his progeny over there are are, are quite success. The first year of them of his progeny over there have been quite successful already. So I think that's been a great start for um, the staying over here with Woodside Park. I couldn't tell you uh, exactly what you know the difference in 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 the style of horse here to there, but. Um, uh, the, the filly that we've got uh, has the same markings as the stallion, so uh, she's come out um, looking like him very much. But um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that all, all pans out. But uh, 
just happy to get one really and happy that uh, I think it was the first one sold in the country so that was kind of ironic that uh, Highclere got into that one so it was fantastic. Yeah. Are there many differences when Highclere purchase a horse from a Northern Hemisphere sale? Obviously, it might be a horse in training sale or something, so they're a bit older, but is it the, the target races are slightly different or is it just based on buying a good horse? It's based on buying a good horse but and, and we can always find a race for them to target, I would imagine. Um, I, over there... They buy their, all their horses. Um, they buy a lot of horses. They've got uh, 50 or 60. Um, but over here, yeah, we do try and get an early type. But as I said, with um, uh, our Vita Rose filly, uh, she's a blue blood. So we knew that uh, she'd be a late bloomer in that sense. But, um, yeah, look, I really don't know in that in that way of... Um, I think we just... You buy on type, you, you buy on pedigree and... Um, and then you soon soon figure out what races you'll go for. Yeah, the rest will come. Sense. The rest will come, yes. Uh, there's a, a number of trainers that Highclere use in Australia. You've mentioned Anthony Friedman, Lindsay Park, and uh, Kira Maher and Dave Eustace. What sort of process yes. do the team go through to try and find a trainer that best suits a particular horse? Um uh, we've we've had quite a few trainers over the years. Like uh, Chris Waller was with Libran and uh, Opinion, I believe. Um, we've also it depends on on where we buy the horse and and who we're um, probably inspecting and and managing that through. Like Bjorn Baker trains Edison, and um, and we've also. Uh, not um, afraid to sort of transfer some horses over when they're not probably suited for the city tracks in that sense. We um, purchased a, a lovely uh, Zoo Star filly, Shahi, with um, Aquas Park, and uh, and she was doing okay in Sydney, but we transferred her up to Casey Fogden, and um, we're, and she's, she's doing really well up there. So uh, it's also just not turning the horses over if they're if they're they're not working somewhere we we try and strategically look for somewhere that will extend their racing career and um and maybe even flourish somewhere else uh we had a horse uh, with bjorn contango a done deal horse and just um did not handle city life at all and shows a lot of ability so uh, he's up with um, Paul Massara, because we part owned him with Arrowfield, and he just got his first win the other day for a maiden. So um, that life up there in Scone certainly agrees with him. So it's not just about having like we do buy horses to buy and and put them with trainers to race at the highest level, but uh, there's always a plan B. I think you have to have, and um, and I think the plan B works really well and people get the, their money back on their investment. Um, I think that's really important rather than just uh, cut your losses and move on. And plus, I think with the industry and, um, and all the talk about wastage, I think it's really important to, um, to know your horses and, and, and put that effort into uh, seeing how you can get the most out of their career rather than um, 
throwing it all in and moving on. So that's really important to us now as well. Yeah, and I think now more so than ever, we're seeing a lot of really good horses coming from country setups, whether it be farms or, or trained on country tracks. And sometimes a horse might not, as you say, suit Sydney life. So you take them up to Scone and there's no reason yeah. why the horse can't come back into town on a Saturday and just head back out of town Saturday night with a couple of wins. Absolutely. The, uh, the country racing uh, in New South Wales is fantastic. And uh, and that's, like, I mean, I could recommend um, changing any horse out of the city uh, to the country because of all the benefits that they get, and, you know. And so I said, you know, no pressure for Contango. I'd hope he'd come back and win the country championships final for half a million dollars. <laughs> if he could do that, I'd be happy. And we'd tick a lot of boxes, but no, no pressure. Um, but, yeah, it's good. And owners are happy. They love the experience of, um, you know, going to a different trainer in a different environment and learning all about that environment. So, um that you know they're very happy with the moods and and that's all part of it if they weren't with them we'd have to look at a different way of doing it but uh, once they get on board it's uh, it's a really good uh, educational experience for everyone so it's good well tess thank you very much for joining me on the show this week uh before i My let you pleasure. go before i let you go though you've mentioned that there's a couple of shares in global gift and to get in touch yes. with you how do we get in touch with you tess someone's wants to race a Horse with High Clear Racing, how do they go about it? Um, I, I'm on the website, so it's uh, highclearracing.com.au and then they can also look up everything about the uh, Global Gift on the website and my contact details are on there and it's just an email, racing at highclearracing.com.au and, uh, yeah, and get in contact with me and we'll, we'll I'll you know, I'll call them back and we'll, we'll go from there. I've seen the video of Global Gift there. I think it was from the sales after he'd been purchased, and he certainly oh, is a very good-looking horse and a very good mover. And they've, they've been training him down the beach a lot at Balnarring, and uh, he just loves it. So he's thriving down there, so we're really happy with uh, how he's coming along. Tess, thank you very much for joining me this week in the Trainer's Hut and all the best with the horses uh, in the next couple of weeks and into the near future and beyond. Excellent. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Tess Drennan there, the General Manager of High Clear Racing and uh, we mentioned a couple of those imported horses and it's good to see such a large syndication company over there in Europe uh, making such an investment here in Australia and and like I said, uh, off the top, a lot of these uh, European owners, when they get a bit of a taste for our Melbourne Cup, they can't get enough of it. And it seems to be a bit of a quest for a lot of these owners. So we uh, wish the Honourable Harry Herbert luck in the future. And we touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but the importing of horses and the internationals for this spring, it's still looking like it's only going to be one-way tickets. So... It's good that uh, High Clare have got a couple of horses here in Australia that if they're not a chance this year, they very well might be this year. And gee, the bar Cummings, if you're having a look at it now, 2,500 metres early in the spring, and there's going to be a quality group of horses heading to that. We know Chabot is likely to target that from our chat with Suman Hedge a little earlier in the season, and Lord Belvedere Heading there, you'd think, and uh, even King of Legrants, who we've spoke about in episode two. So there's a couple of horses tied to the trainer's hut that it's looking like it's going to be a very, very mouth-watering clash that day. 
But that's it for this episode of The Trainer's Hut. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you like what you're listening to. If you are, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you access your podcasts, and give us a follow or subscribe. And if you're that way inclined, leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so on Twitter, at Bloodstock is the handle on Twitter. Just search that, and it'll come up. And you can also get in touch on Facebook and Instagram, by searching Sport Thought, and you'll see the little yellow logo with the blue golf flag and Sport Thought writing. That is, of course, the website that we bring the podcast to you on, sportthought.com.au. And the show is also now available on the Todd Blum Bloodstock website. So if you head to toddblumbloodstock.com, and you'll be able to access the show on the website there. There's a news section and all that sort of stuff with what's going on at Todd Blum Bloodstock also. So if you find yourself with a bit of time, jump on the website, have a look, or head to Sport Thought uh, website as well. There's a sports blog there and a couple of other podcasts that you'll have access to. That's it for this week's edition of The Trainer's Hut. Thank you for joining me on the show. I'm Todd Blum. I'll see you next time.